Welcome to the podcast, Message Moment. I'm Pastor Derek, and this is a message for you on our series of Mentoring Like Jesus in Part 1. Allow me to share this passage of Scripture with you from the Gospel of Matthew in Chapter 14, verses 13 through 16, the NIV version. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. If you've ever heard of the feeding of the 5,000 story in the Bible, you know it's one of Jesus' most famous miracles. And although you may have heard the story before, try to imagine it was a clean slate and look at it from the first time from a new perspective. If you're able, close your eyes and imagine the setting. You're standing there on a hillside with Jesus near a lake. All day long, you've been watching the people arrive and lay out blankets. The kids are running around being kids and people are chatting with one another. In the distance, there are some boats on the beach. It's loud, it's noisy. And then Jesus raises his hand to get the attention of the crowd and everyone begins to settle down and take a seat. Now you're standing next to Jesus as he addresses the crowd. You look out and see thousands of people listening to every word that Jesus has to say. He preaches about the peacemakers, the meek, the poor in spirit. He tells people no matter what their state in life is, they are blessed. Jesus preaches for hours and yet nobody seems to get up or leave. Now you're standing next to Jesus and this thought enters into your mind. If Jesus keeps preaching to these people, are they not going to want to go home at some point to prepare their dinner? What will happen when the children get hungry and start to complain? Jesus is on a high note with his preaching. Should you give him a sign or a suggestion that he should stop and perhaps urge the people to go home and travel to their places so that they won't get hangry? Jesus pauses for a moment in his preaching. You walk over to him with the other disciples and quietly whisper to him that he should send the crowds away because it's getting late. The people must be getting hungry. There's a long pause as Jesus thinks about what you have just said. The crowds are beginning to notice this pause. They clearly see that you've spoken to him. It is getting late. And Jesus, in this pause, you wonder, is he considering your suggestion of sending the crowds home? Is it time for him to wrap up his sermon? The crowds are looking impatient to see what will happen next. Your interruption of Jesus' preaching is now definitely noticed by the multitudes that have gathered around. You can start to feel the tension build. Then Jesus, in an outspoken voice, says to you, Then you feed them. You can open your eyes if you were closing them there. If you were Jesus' disciples standing next to him in that setting, what would you do? What seems more plausible to you? Walking on water or feeding a crowd of 5,000 was no prep work or no food on hand. 
No matter what the choice may be, either one of them probably would feel like drowning in that moment. What do you do when you don't have a clue? Who has been there or thrown into the deep end of a situation where it's a sink or swim moment? That moment when the pressure is on to deliver. Do you throw up your hands or do you roll up your sleeves? Or perhaps you do both. There is an important lesson Jesus is teaching at this moment when he tells his disciples to feed the crowd. The crowd of 5,000 people will hear a good sermon, go home and probably tell others about what they heard. But Jesus didn't come to entertain crowds. He came to make disciples. James, the brother of Jesus, says these words in James chapter 2, verse 20. Faith without works is not faith at all. Jesus came to make disciples. He came to make apprentices. He didn't come to make thinkers. He didn't come to make people to philosophize about what his teachings were. No, rather he came to make the folks that would be the doers in the world. And what better way to accomplish this than to give his disciples an impossible task, perhaps a pop quiz in that moment, when he says to them, no, you go and feed the hungry, the 5,000 people who are gathered here on this hillside. If we read a little further in the passage, we see the answer the disciples give. One says to Jesus, no, Jesus, you should send them home. Perhaps Jesus said, no, that was not the answer he was looking for. And yet another says, it would take over a year's wage to be able to fill, to feed such a multitude of people. Again, that's not the answer Jesus is looking for. Finally, one of the disciples says, I found someone in the crowd who has two loaves of bread and five fishes. And Jesus shows them that finally he has something that he can work with. In the case of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus takes a moment to teach the disciples and the crowds how to work with what they have. But the most important item needed for any plan to be successful is the element of faith. With faith, nothing is impossible, and yet without it, nothing can succeed. You have to believe that it is possible in order for it to be done. When the disciples bring this boy with two loaves of bread and five fishes to Jesus, they bring something that Jesus can work with. Faith, something that he can be able to use. How Jesus multiplied the bread and the fishes to feed the 5,000 is a miracle. We don't know from the text how Jesus actually did it just with that small amount of food he was able to feed so many. We only know that the first step in the process of the miracle was the step of faith. When Jesus first selected the twelve to be his disciples, he made a commitment to them to be their rabbi, their mentor, to teach them and to mentor them as his disciples. He worked with them hands-on to train them and to build them up to one day be his successors. And for over 2,000 years, this process of disciple-making has been passed on from one generation to another. And faith, even as small as a mustard seed, we've learned, can move mountains. The way Jesus mentored his original 12 was to encourage them to have faith in all circumstances. Sometimes things can seem so big and so impossible that very few believe it could ever be possible to happen.
but the few who do believe that it is possible often are the ones who find a way to do it, no matter what the circumstance is. Faith is the first step in the mentoring process. Jesus could have fed the crowds with or without the disciples bringing the boy with the bread and the fish. God provided manna in the wilderness and water from the rock when Moses led the people out of Egypt. Elijah ate bread every day from the flour that was in the jar and the oil that never seemed to run out. It was never a question if God could have fed the 5,000. Jesus took this teaching moment with the disciples to be able to mentor them. If they believed they could feed the 5,000, God would give them what they needed to be able to accomplish that task. But it first had to start with that simple step of did they believe it was possible and show faith that it could be done. I believe today that many in the church need to get back to the roots again of disciple making. We need to get back to mentoring people of faith who are doers. It doesn't take a lot to make a difference in the world today. There is no shortage of mountains that need to be moved. We have science and we have technology that make many things possible that once were not. We just need the people who believe that it can be done in order for the difference to be made. In essence, we need people of faith who believe that it is possible. And we know that many hands make light work. And the belief that it is possible often brings those people together. Over the next three weeks, I'll be continuing to preach on this topic of mentoring like Jesus. And I hope that you'll stay with this series and podcast as we go from one week to the next, learning the process of mentoring like Jesus as we apply it to our everyday lives. I hope this message has helped you, and I hope that you'll turn in next week. Thank you.